Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Yes, yeah, good to be together. How's the Lord? We're into a new um, month, into a new year. We're into a new um, theme. Um, if I can click over onto, uh, oh, there I am. Sorry, I was on it. Um, called Prepare the Way. We built this sort of <clears throat> the idea, um, thinking over the last month around Covenant Sunday, around our believing and belonging, around. All of these things, we pushed Vision Sunday back to um, February. We've never done that before. We've always done Vision um, the beginning of January. But we sort of sensed that there was so much has happened in 2020 that we sort of needed to allow it to marinate a little bit in our hearts and our souls and give us a little bit of time over January to ponder exactly um, what has happened. So, And the reason being, um, we felt there was a prophetic call right throughout 2020 about preparing the way. We sensed that God was working in the midst of all that was going on in the coronavirus and the pandemic that's raging around the world. And we've shared throughout the year that there's been an expectancy um, for God to move in these times, and that hasn't diminished in any shape or form. As a matter of fact, it has intensified. I know personally in my life, it has intensified even right through the holiday season. And I think of all the verses that I shared in 2020, probably in the top five um, of reshares was this one that um, we built to prepare the way out of that idea of redigging the ground and replowing the ground was that verse in Hosea 10, 12 that talks about planting the good seeds of righteousness and you will um, harvest a crop of love, ply up the hard ground or some of your versions will use the word fallow ground and basically what that was, farmers reassured me this the last time I spoke on it, that it's plowed ground that hasn't been touched and then the ground goes hard again. Um, so it's plowing up that once plowed ground of your hearts, for now it is a time to seek the Lord and may come and shower righteousness upon you. Now I'm going to unpack this a little bit later. I'm going to get us to ask three questions that we're probably going to be looking at over um, the, the, the month of January with you. So if you're online you can, or here, you can grab a, a notepad or your notes in your Bible <clears throat> because of a few ideas that we feel would be good for you to push in on. So we're going to Again, I say unpack this a little bit later, but um, just important for you to grab the idea of this preparation, all right? We find it interesting that the prepare the way, when we talk about preparing the way, we automatically probably all think about John the Baptist. He was the one who came to prepare the way of the Lord, and over and over again we're told that. And it's interesting that we find the final verse of the Old Testament, if you turn to Malachi 4 and you went to verse 6, which is the very last verse in the Old Testament, you would find a reference to John the Baptist. And this is what it says of him. It says that this is what he will do. He will turn the hearts of parents to their children. Again, some of your author, this is NIV. Some of your authorized versions will use the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers or to their parents. 
And of course, Mark 1, 3 was the passage that would remind us that um, he would come to prepare the way. As a matter of fact, um, even in Malachi chapter 3, um, just before this verse, in chapter 3, verse 1, he says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you will seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So Malachi is prophesying this person, John the Baptist, who would come in the spirit of Elijah, uh, and he would come as a prophet to prepare the way. And it's an interesting study, and I haven't time to go into it today, but why did, why did Jesus, the one who was becoming flesh, the one who was God, why did he need a messenger to go before to prepare his way? That's an interesting study, all right? I've been doing a little bit in that, and maybe touching it, but I don't want to divert into that at the moment, just trying to... Uh, I said you often um, don't write down what I say, but write down what I make you think. And so that's what I'm, all I'm trying to do is make you think when you come to reading the Bible. And Mark 1 verse 3 would tell us that John the Baptist would come to prepare the way of the Lord and he would make his path straight, all right? Um, again, there's a little reference to lest Jesus would come in destruction. Um, there's a, a, a little carrot for you to go after. But there would be, after this utterance of Malachi in Malachi 4, after this prophecy of this one to come, there would be 400 years of silence. There would be not another murmur. And the Bible would lie dormant for 400 years. There would be no voice of the prophet. There would be nothing for 400 years. And then an angel Gabriel, we talked about this in our Advent series, would appear before an old priest in the temple called Zechariah and tell him that John, his son, born in his old age, would be the one who would be the fulfillment of this prophecy. And this is what happens in Luke 1. Verses 16 and 17, Gabriel tells Zechariah that he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. That's an interesting thing. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts, here it is again, the hearts of parents to their children. Note the order, will you please? Note the order. It's not saying, first of all, hearts of children to their parents. It's saying the hearts of parents to their children. And in both instances, both in Malachi 4 and in Luke 1 here, it uses that order. And again, it's important to note order, all right? I've talked about this time and time again. You know that when things are in the Bible, they're there for a reason. And so they're in this order for a reason. And it's funny how the older generation sometimes want our younger generation to make all the cultural shifts, don't we? We want them to do things our way. We want them to do our way instead of us maybe starting to think a little bit fresher and with a little bit more imagination. And so this message of the hearts of fathers and children being reunited as a preparation for the coming of Christ. Isn't it interesting that to prepare the way of the coming of the Lord, there had to be a reconnection of family. There had to be a reconnection of the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of children to their parents. And so the last message of the Old Testament, 400 years of silence, and now the first message of the New Testament makes it worthy of note. 
makes it worthy of note that, that the last thing before the Old Testament would close off, God would tell you this, and the first thing he would tell you when you open the New Testament, that he would tell you the value of family, the value of fathers and children, mothers and children, of our grandparents. And so there's something about this idea of preparing the way of the Lord, allowing God to work in our hearts. Isn't it interesting that in the last nine months of COVID, um, I think more family altars have been established than I can remember in my lifetime. Busyness have robbed our family altars. TV has robbed our family altars. Social media has robbed our family altars. And so there's been a reestablishing of family altars. And I've had loads of people tell me, and I mean that, I have loads of fathers, fathers who've come to me and said, Phil, you know, the most beautiful thing is to sit around the table and break bread with my family. I've never, ever done it before, never thought of it, never took the time to do it. But all of a sudden, when we got shut down at home, when we weren't allowed to go to work, when things came into that situation, all of a sudden, and one of the reasons that we pushed family rhythms and family altars was to do this very thing. And, And And isn't it interesting, isn't it interesting, in the preparation of Jesus coming the first time that God sent a a messenger to to stir family altars? (laughs) Isn't that interesting? And here we are after nine months of lockdown and facing lockdown again in the month of January, and who knows what is beyond that, 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 that God is... Sending us a messenger, as it were, to prepare the way, to to establish family altars. And that's why we're going to take the month of January and talk about this. Why we felt it was really important to allow us to sort of check in on this and not let it just go unheeded. Now, in light of all that, um, I I brought a a couple of items with me, all right? Um, And uh, it looks like I'm not going to need them for a while. So, uh, um, isn't it interesting that when you uh, pack a case, that there are certain things that as we move into 2021, that there are certain things that we probably need to unpack. (laughs) There's things that we need to unpack and leave behind in 2020, isn't there? And there's some things that we need to repack. There's some things that we need to take with us. And maybe this year is a year to travel lighter. Maybe this year's a, a year not to pack as much. Um, I don't know about you, but if ever you men are, are, are great at this, you put loads of stuff in and then you bring half of it home again. Um, not right? I see all the men agreeing. And uh, sometimes we just pack too much stuff. And the Bible actually tells us that um, in these last days that, that we, we, we can't actually carry much stuff with us. It actually tells us that broad is the way that leads to destruction. And so um, broad is the way that leads to destruction. So you can carry loads of stuff down that road. There's no problem. There's loads of room. But it says narrow is the way that leads to life. And so if we're going to go down that way of life, if we're going to go down that way that's narrow, we're going to have to shed some stuff. We can't bring the big luggage with us anymore. We're going to have to learn how to travel lighter. We're going to have to learn how to travel better. And so in this little case, I uh, felt that it would be good to unpack some things, all right? Some things that, that I think we probably need to bring with us into um, 2021, all right? 
And so what I have here, first of all, um, my wife has a hobby of collecting receipts. And um, I, we had a drawer, so many receipts in the drawer. I think I lit the fire three times over the holidays trying to get rid of old receipts. And um, there's something about these. There's something, you see, a receipt is a proof of purchase. What it means is when I look at this, it means that I bought that, I got what I got, and I own what I bought. That's what a, what a receipt is. And, and one of the things that I've learned over my life is I have so many receipts in this word. I have so many receipts that, that are proof of purchase, that are proof that I've been bought with a price. And so there's this idea that as we go into, the, into 2021, I'd love you to think about some of the receipts. Dave has been leading us around that thought this morning, just about some of the things that God has blessed us with. And, I, and, and, and we need these. We need to pack them for 2021. We need to pack the receipts for 2021. Why? Well, the reason being that, um, the, reason being that the devil will, will, will tell you that they're not right. The devil will tell you that you're not bought with a price. The devil will give you all kinds of stuff to try and make you realize or think that you're not bought, all right? And so that's why it's so important to pack the receipt. You see, the receipt this year that when, when death came close, that we had the receipt that would tell us that um, even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, that he would go with us. Those are, those are great receipts to have. Receipts that whenever our strength weakened, the receipt that whenever our strength weakened, that, that, that he remains strong, that we could say, well, God is a refuge in our strength. He's a strong tower and the righteous can run into it and be saved. The receipt that when sin lured and taught us uh, and taunted us that we could, we, we, could, we could have that receipt that would say in the little book of Jude that he would keep our feet from stumbling and he would present us before the master with great joy. The receipt that when the seemed there would be no way that he would say he would make a way. He would make a stream in the desert. He would make a road in the wilderness that he would make a crooked place straight. That receipt that when we felt we couldn't go on, that he would remind us that we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. You see, receipts are really important. Receipts are really important to have that proof of purchase. The receipt that when we felt we were alone, that Jesus would remind us that he will never forsake us. He will never leave us. He will always be with us. The, 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 the receipt that whenever sin um, got its way in our life this year, when we failed, when we felt we were lost, when we felt we had failed and passed the point of no return, that we could turn to the receipt and say, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Not that it would give us a license to sin, but that we could repent and turn back to the master and that he would restore our souls and he would restore a firm place for our feet to tread, a receipt that whenever we felt there wasn't much happening this year, that we could turn to the receipt of the word and realize that he could do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, because it's according to the power that works in us. The receipt that would say, yes, he is faithful. The receipt that would say, yes, he meets all my needs. The receipt that would say, yes, I've walked down some pretty 
tricky past in 2020, but he's always been there. The receipt that would say he's in my corner, the receipt that would say he fights my battles, the receipt would say that he'll, he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. On and on we could go. The receipt that so many receipts. And I'd love us this year, as we go into 2021, to think about those receipts, to think about the things that we need to hold on to because this is so important. I love, I love this verse. If you've been to any of the weddings I've done, you've heard this verse. I, I preach on it many, many times in weddings. And I love this passage. And if you go back to verse 7 and that, it tells us that how God chose Israel, not because they were the biggest and the best nation of all, actually they were the smallest and the least. And it says he chose them just because he loved them. Not amazing. He didn't, he didn't choose you for your muscles. He didn't choose you for your looks. He didn't choose you for, for anything like that. He chose you just because. And it says this idea, this is the great receipt. Therefore know that the Lord, he is God. That's a great receipt to carry into 2021. To know that the Lord is God and he's a faithful God and he's keeping his covenant. He's faithful. He will keep his covenant to a thousand generations to those who love him and keep his commandments. It's incredible. And, 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 and so there's so many things that we need to carry into 21 that's really important. Secondly, secondly, this morning, some of the things that I think we need to carry into 2021 are, are these things. Number one, time. Time's an interesting thing, isn't it? And, 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 and calendar. And just in case you weren't aware of this, you've got the exact same amount of time in a day that I have. You've got the exact same number of days in a month as the person beside you has. We, 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 we don't differentiate when it comes to that. None of us know how much of it we've left but at this moment in time, as regards 24 hours and 30, 31 days in a month or whatever it is, there is something about time that I think we need to take hold of in 2021. Now, I don't know whether um, you're one of those people who forget to pack things. I am one of those people that uh, there's always one thing. There's always one thing when you get there that you realize you hadn't packed, but there's some things that you desperately don't need to forget to pack for 2021. And, um, and, 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 and this is the idea. It doesn't take a genius to work out that the world is looking very different at the moment. And it's going to look different as we move forward over the next period of time. It's going to look really different. And here's a little verse that um, was prophesied over my life about a year and a half ago by Andrea Wigglesworth, redeem our time for the days are evil. You've got to learn how to redeem your time. I've just jumped into my, I was 62 in December, so I'm in my 63rd year now, and, and, and I'm learning to redeem my time. I'm learning to realize that a lot of time has passed. I'm not done in any shape or form, and I've loads of life in me yet, and I'm going to be here for a while if the Lord keeps me here, and if the Lord wants to take me home, that's up to him. But here's the idea. We need to learn how to redeem it, because um, the crisis accelerates change. Crisis accelerates so much change, and, and, and things are changing. And so we've got to understand that time is really, really important. We all watched a pandemic 
empty our motorways, empty our airports, not just in our country, but across the world. And did anybody else notice how time began to slow last year? Time began to slow down. And, um, and, and I, I had a calendar full of appointments at the beginning of March um, in 2020. I had a calendar full of um, appointments. Sometimes I was wondering how I was going to get them all done. And by the end of March, and certainly as we climbed into April, I watched them all empty one by one. And I began to realize something. I began to realize in 2020 that I had allowed these things to control me. I'd allowed these things to actually master me. And there weren't, they were never given to us to be our masters. They were given to us as tools to use. And over the next little time, over the next week or two, we're going to teach you some things about how to actually control these instead of them controlling you. Because sometimes they end up like the Frankenstein monster. Where you make it, and then it controls you. And time can be our Frankenstein monster. And, and, and so there's something about this. In the middle of all that was going on, there was a sense in the frustration of all of last year, there was a sense that God was refining and restoring and realigning through a process of repentance. And you'll remember all the re-words Chris prophesied back at the January 2020. This would be a year, last year would be a year of re and um, and, and you'll remember mid-year we felt that instead of maybe being uprooted, that we we're being replanted or repotted. And those were all interesting words. And, and again, I hate to admit it, but I was one of those people who began to realize I was being controlled by this thing and controlled by my calendar. And the, the tail was wagging the dog instead of the dog wagging the tail. And again, I say there's supposed to be tools. This verse always catches me. as a verse that the Lord spoke to me when my life was in danger in India many years ago. And Jill was alive just about six weeks before actually she died. And we were under threat by gunmen in India. We were out in the tribes. And God spoke this verse to us, um, Psalm um, 31, 13, 4, I hear many whispering terror on every side, but I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My time is in your hands. Could you say with me going into 2021 that this would be a year that you would say to the Lord, Lord, my time is going to be your time. My time is going to be your time. My time is in your hands, Lord. My time, my good times, my bad times. My happy times, my sad times. My times, not face time, God's time. It's going to be in your hands. Our time is in our hands. And there's something beautiful about this. And so it leads us to this, back to this verse in Hosea that's really important. And instead of allowing these things to control us, what we begin to do, we begin to ask questions out of even this passage in Hosea um, that, the, that, that will allow the church to rise up. There's something we can't have gone through nine or ten months of what we've went through for the church not to rise up and be stronger. And so there, there's this idea, three questions just to pose to you as we bring this to some kind of a landing today. And we need to ask ourselves, how can you plant good seeds of righteousness? 
How in 2021 can you plant good seeds of righteousness? What are those seeds going to be? How are you going to control your time? How are you going to carry these receipts, these things that God has promised you from his word? How are you going to carry those and how are you going to plant good seeds of righteousness that, that, that you will harvest a crop of love? How are you going to do that? Second question is, how, how, are you, how are you intending to plow up that hard ground of your heart? That place in your life that you know has got hard. That place that you're struggling. That place that might be in your devotions. It might be just in around time. It might be around balancing time. It might be around reading the Bible. It might be around your prayer life. I don't know what it is. It might be around your temper. It might be around your habits or drinking too much or whatever. Or I don't know. Or eating too much. It could be any of those things. But whatever it is, how are you going to how are you going to plow up that hard ground this year? How are you going to plow up that hard ground of your heart? so that the Lord could come and, and fulfill you in a whole new way. And then thirdly, how are you going to seek the Lord? How are you going to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you? And with the latest restrictions preventing us from picking up the pace of, of, of ministry so far and so hard again, um, even in our own personal lives and in the busyness, uh, we, we feel again we're, we're giving this month we're going to give this month to a, a continued reflection and pause. Just to sort of, instead of running in division, saying, what are we going to do next? Thinking about, what, 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 what is the Lord trying to teach us out of 2020? What is the Lord trying to teach us out of all of this time slowing down and the emptying of our airports and our motorways and all of that? What is God doing? And I know many are struggling with that, struggling with not meeting and all of that. I want to encourage you to take yourself back to when the first lockdown happened and we said things like, we're never going to get this time back again. We're never going to get this time with our kids and our family back again. And, and all of a sudden, even, even as, the, as the lockdown eased a bit, we found ourselves jumping back onto the treadmill again, back onto the, into, the, into the wheel of life. And, and all of a sudden, we, those things that we said aren't really that important. What if God has given us another chance? What if he's given us another chance to maximize the time that we've had to prepare our hearts for what's ahead. What if we're getting another chance of that? And what if we, if we step into that new year, into this new year, and, and, and look at some fresh rhythms, some rhythms that we can maintain and help us answer these questions? And I believe, in a sense, that what 2020 has been about, and as we enter 2021, is to seal what God's doing. And so what we're suggesting is some of the things that Dave mentioned in his announcements. Firstly, we're uh, a fast beginning next Sunday, all right? Now, a fast is a, um, we're going to send out details about that tomorrow, and I, I did this before for you, um, a 21-day fast, and that can be to suit whatever way you feel is the best way to do that. Some people will do a complete fast and just do fluids or soups or something like that. Um, some people will do partial fasts. It might mean skipping a meal. Oh, none of us wouldn't do any of us any harm to miss a meal a day. Sure, it wouldn't skip your lunch or something. Um, I was thinking about this. Um, I was thinking about this in the early hours of this morning. There's somebody in our church who... Um, some of us have fasted the first Wednesday of the month for, for a couple of years um, because of a health issue. And, um, 
And so the biblical principle of fasting is a process of foregoing something to get closer to God. It's not a, an idea that God hears you better when you're hungry. That's not what fasting's about. God just doesn't hear you better. Fasting is about clearing some space, clearing some, defining, setting your goals, setting those times that you give to eating and all of that, that you give it to really seeking the Lord. Uh, so, so, and I, again, we'll send out some stuff about that. And it might be more than just food. It might some people, I know, I notice some people are, are planning to fast social media in uh, January. I'd say take it into February as well. It mightn't be a bad idea. But um, it's just to get more intense in a relationship with God. And then, um, so more details to come on that. And then a commitment to the Bible reading plan. And again, that started on Friday. And Dave um, gave us that. All the details of that are on our website. They're in emails and social media. Um, and the little post that Dave put out the day before yesterday. Um, and then lastly, to a community rhythm. And, um, and what we mean by this is a sort of a pattern of reordering your life, all right? Now, we're not, trying to, we're not trying to make robots here, all right? So we're just trying to give you ideas, all right? And so when we talk about a, a community rhythm, we're going to talk about some different ways of doing this. So as a church, we define discipleship. You know this as following Jesus in all of life. And this way of living through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is, is reflected by our six key practices that are along the wall. And in order to grow deeper in this um, Jesus way together in 2021, we're, we're suggesting a set of community rhythms, all right? And these rhythms come from a traditional church history called the rule of life. Um, and it's really important to have a rule of life, which is simply an intentional plan, uh, a set of practices to help us abide in Jesus. That's basically what it is. And we desire Jesus' loving rule in our lives in the midst of all the chaos that's going on in the world around us. So we're just suggesting that these practices would pull us into the presence of God, that we might become more like um, the image of his son. And so what we're going to do over the next three weeks is teach you around these three areas, all right? The community rhythm. So next week, we're going to talk about personal devotion, some things that should be in our case for 2021, and then meaning, meaningful relationships. Um, the next week are the primary circle of relationships, and then um, the last week of the month, we'll talk to you about the local church and what that means. And we've set out some stuff on all of these three areas. And the plan is to preach this over the next few weeks, taking this each section so that on the 7th of February, we would have our Covenant Sunday. And then we'll have done our Believing and Belonging as well, which will run from next Sunday evening online um, for four weeks and that'll lead us right into the 7th of February. So you can see where we're thinking, all right? It's all pretty well planned. And uh, I'm, for one, I'm looking forward to this. We did this last year. We celebrated this for the first time last year. It was a very powerful time, that covenant to God, that we covenant to love God with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our minds, to love each other. That's the great commandment and the great commission. There's something powerful about that. And so with regards to all of that, this month's preparation is really, really important. Now, as it closed, um, I, I, there's nothing I enjoy better than a good movie. I'm not the biggest TV freak, but I do like a good movie. And I like a movie that's relatively decent and clean. And so lots of my movies are PGs and U's. Um, um, 
So I, uh, th- this one here has always been one of my favorites, um, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I think I've talked to you about it before. Now, it was originally made in 1939, so if I spoil it for you, if I need the years to watch it. Um, so uh, it was originally made in 1939. Danny Kaye was the, was the star of it. And then it was remade in 2013, which was a great remake, and Ben Stiller, um, who's a great actor. And it was a, the mythical story written by this guy called James Thurber. And um, Walter Mitty is just a shy guy. He's just a, and he worked in the same mediocre old job all his life. No, uh, and he often zones out. He's a daydreamer. And he often zones out, and you should watch this movie. This is a cracker movie. And he starts daydreaming about some amazing things around him. And, 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 and he dreams of being a surgeon. He dreams of sailing a ship through a storm, uh, etc. But they're only ever daydreams. They never really happen. And, um, and, and, and he signs up to a dating, site, uh, dating website because there's this girl at work that he really, really likes, and he's trying to impress her. And so he signs up to a dating site, and, but when he comes to the profile section of, of, of writing down something about him, he's nothing to write because his life's just mediocre and he's no excitement. He's nothing to write. And he's really disappointed about that. But then everything takes a turn in the movie. I know I'm racking the movie for you, but everything takes a turn in the movie and an important photo goes missing at work and, uh, and his job's on the line. And so he has to go in search of the photographer who took this photo to prove that he's innocent. And, and instead, he has a spiritual, life-changing experience. That's all I can call it. That causes him to dig really deep within himself and live all the moments that he's ever dreamed about. And, um, and so in his travels, he goes to Iceland and Greenland and the Himalayas, which all include sort of life-threatening experiences. And his profile actually begins to write itself. Interesting, isn't it? And his profile writes itself, and the fad of daydreaming completely disappears because he's got real life experience. And the most valuable lesson within the story is that all your visions can become a reality if you have the courage to pursue them. All of your visions can become reality. And so instead of daydreaming through 2020, what you'd like to do, um, what you'd like to be, how you'd like to... What about instead of just making them daydreams or New Year's resolutions, that actually we turn them into reality? And that's all we're trying to do with the rhythm of life. And here's a great line from the movie. I love this line. It says, it's no good just daydreaming about what could happen. We need to take the first step and actually pursue what we want. So what is it you want? Do you want to go through another year controlled by these things? Or would you like to take charge? Would you like to be in control of your time? Would you like to go through another year with the enemy lying to you and telling you that the receipts of life that are in this word are of no value? Or would you like to instill them into your mind in a Bible reading plan that actually puts the Bible into your mind and into your heart that fills the well And I can tell you, when you need that well, it's important to have those receipts in it. And um, next week, we're going to unpack some of the stuff out of this case to help us with those rhythms. And uh, instead of it just becoming a daydream, instead of it just becoming something we think about, 
these things can become reality in our lives. So let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the receipts of life. Thank you for the proof of purchase. Thank you that when you said we were bought with the price, you meant it. Thank you that when you said that the price was the precious blood of Christ, you meant it. Thank you that when you said you would never leave us and never forsake us, you meant it. Thank you that when you said when we go through the valley of the shadow of death that you'd never, ever leave our side. Thank you that you meant it. Thank you that when you said we could do all things through Christ who gives us a strength, you meant it. Thank you that when you said you'd restore our souls and restore paths for us to walk in, you meant it. Thank you for the receipts of life. God, may they go deep into the well of our lives because we realize that in 2021, life has taught us that difficult days will come and we'll need those receipts. We'll need those proofs of purchase. So God, would you challenge our hearts as we go into 2021, not just to be drifters, not to be someone who just will drift through another year and make a few years, New Year's resolutions that by January 31st will be a puff of smoke. But actually, we'll be people that get into a rhythm of life, a rhythm that includes you in every area, a rhythm that pulls you into every sector and every little piece of our life, Uh, a rhythm, oh God, that there are no exclusions, there are no little compartments where you aren't allowed to enter. Because that's how 2020 has been for some. But for 2021, that there will be an invitation for you into every area, into every idea. That's our heart, that's our desire. So bless each and every one. Bless people in their homes as a watch. Bless the kids as they do their kids' ministry today. Bless everybody in the building. Thank you for your goodness to us. Keep us safe, we pray, in 2021. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.